G'day and welcome to another Carnage House interview special. We've been um, taking a bit of time off. We've taken a bit of time off, but we are back and we are ready to go. Um, today's going to be a good one. I've got two good mates of mine, but just as importantly, two young entrepreneurs. And we're going to find out exactly what they're doing. But even better, we're going to taste how they're going. So um, we're going to get a bit of Baz and a bit of Kurt in our mouth. So that's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure all our female listeners are as well. So um, before we kick things off, we might just ask each one of you to introduce yourselves. Just give us a 20-second rundown what you do um, and basically why you're here. Okay. Well, um, my name is Kurt Stockel. I own a... Uh, I don't own a semi-own... Run a source company. Run a source factory. Make sources for a lot of the... Um, the restaurants that you guys go to, so that's my that's my claim to fame. Yeah. So if you go to a bunch of restaurants, I'm not going to name them because I don't know what's what's in and what's out of um, confidentiality. But I'm going to say I guarantee mm-hmm. you've tasted Kerr within the last 12 months. I guarantee. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. And if you haven't, you need to get off the mega rank. A few mm. a few hundred restaurants. A few hundred restaurants. Mm. Um, and some pretty big names among them. Some pretty big <laughs> names among them. Now, Baz, what are you doing? Why are you here? You're. Uh, uh, we should also uh, caveat that Baz. This is the second time. Baz. Second time. Yeah. This is the second. He's a returner. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, no, I absolutely. No, no, no. I didn't know that. No, yeah. Time, so Baz, Baz is on. He was talking about his experience in China and also his little um, excursion how, how into long, the wine. How long ago was that? That'd be probably about a year. Yeah, yeah. You're one of the first guests I had on. Uh, interestingly wow. enough, one of the one of the funniest things that I thought about that podcast was I was trying and trying and trying to get you to explain how you got into wine, and you kept going off on these tangents, and I just wanted to figure out how we got how you actually got into the job that you were doing. We finally got there, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, the tangential nature of a good story, mm, mm. Uh, but <laughs> why don't we kick it off a little bit? Um, Food and beverage is obviously a hot space for young people to be in. There's a lot of hype, particularly around social media in terms of food and beverages. So mm. I guess, you know, if there's any a time to be in food and beverage, it's now. Yeah. And if you're, if you're making uh, waves, then you'll definitely be kind of um, noticed. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Has social media changed anything to do with how you guys operate or do business? They, they say a, a wise man once said that uh, even in, during recessions, which we are going through a retail recession right you now. Never mind. Um, the only thing that sells is food and wine and baby products. Um, yeah. That's what I've that what I was heard. I feel like alcohol is the most robust market on yeah. earth. Um, young people these days are and medicine. And medicine, medicine, yeah. Alcohol. Medicine changes though. Alcohol doesn't. You got gin, whiskey, and a few others, yeah. and they don't change. They're, they're hundreds of years old. Well, statistics in the wine industry—they're saying that young people are drinking less than their boozer boomer parents, uh, but they are drinking better quality. And that's more interesting. So Do you reckon that's a snobby millennial thing? Like, no, no, no. I think people appreciate. They want good quality stuff. Well, they, the don't want, they don't want. Just they don't want Jacob's Creek. Like, you know, hectic preservative. You yeah. know, rip your, rip your guts to shreds. They want something a bit nicer. You know, nice organic wine, which is actually tasty. That, well, that could just be capitalism doing its work. And I'm the, selling. You know. <laughs> Organic wines yeah. I have heard of. I have heard mm. of. Um, I've heard mixed reviews about them as mm. well. Um, some are shit, some are good. It's like everything. It's like, you know? it's like, it's like anything. Yeah. It's like anything. Um, Kurt, what, uh, how, how did you get into sources and 
be be specific with what you mean by source because a lot of people say they get lost in the source so to speak <laughs> can't see the source for the trees um what do you mean by source and give some examples of the sources that you you make okay so i'll get to the first part of the question which was how you got into it um it's a it's a pretty it's a good story, I think. Uh, we were basically, we moved, so we, uh, my family moved from South Africa 10 years ago. And when we moved over here, um, my mother had a really good friend. Um, and, and that family is really entrenched in the Australian food, food industry, in the restaurant business. Um, and it turned out that they, that we were about five minutes down the, down the road from them. So that's just how it, how, how it happened. And they came over for dinner once. My dad's a really good cook. So he made a peri-peri chicken with a brilliant sauce, and then the owner of all these restaurants said, "Hey, um, I want this sauce in uh, one of my one of my brands, one of my restaurants." And then that was about four, four, three years ago. And ever since, and then since then, we so I used to wake up before uni about three in the morning, go to the market to get the chilies, make the sauce, give it to the restaurant, and then go to uni. And then since then, it just turned into us making all the sauces for all the restaurants, and then from there to different brands different franchises and so on on the hustle on the grind that's awesome. what we like to hear about that 3am wake up that's um, that scares a lot of people off but it's you good have to, to wake hear. up at three have to wake up early you got to get the best produce sure. for the sources mm. that's true that's true the chilies make it the chilies make it um baz mm. um how did you get into wine we're going to do a quick uh, recap quick, of quick your recap. story uh so i lived in china for a year uh, during exchange and exchanges internships uh, in two different places. One is called Suzhou, which is just half an hour fast train out of Shanghai, and Wuhan, which is central China. Uh, it's famous for chemical engineering, what the home of Mao Zedong, and some new not much. Yeah, it's no, not much, <laughs> but just 11 million people. Uh, you know, we'll see how Wuhan goes in the future. But I am, um, while I was sort of living in Suzhou, I um, became friends with the head. Um, ambassador of Penfolds mm. and um, we just got you know we hung out all the time in, in the French concession and I believe you might have gone there recently I know the French concession very good no, it's, it's a, it's a they, fun they, they, they don't call it yeah because they um, well the Chinese don't call that much Chinese don't call it the French concession do they they call it something else I'm pretty sure yeah I don't know what that is um, <laughs> yeah no we, we just had a lot of time together and we just um, you know, drinking and chatting and talking business and drinking and chatting and talking business for quite a while and it's like get into wine it's like, bloody oath and I came back to Sydney and looked, put, put the word out that I want to get into the wine industry and got a job at a wine wholesaler called Single Vineyard Cellars. Yeah. And I've been a wine merchant um, for the last three years and it's been going quite well. And you know, this year is the best year I've had so far, selling lots and lots of wine to lots of restaurants and bars, hotels, and um, yeah, having, having an absolute blast with the uh, industry. But um, yeah. Now that's quite cool. That's quite cool. Yeah. And um, you know, we were. At the end of the last podcast, we were talking about you were about to produce a, a, a almost like a mini series mm-hmm. um, called Par- uh, what, what Paradise Wine Show. Paradise Wine yeah. Show, and which actually came into fruition, which mm-hmm. you actually did. Yeah. So I would say um, check it out. We'll definitely drop the link in the description because we told everyone that we wanted to hear from you after you've made it as yeah. well. So this is gonna this can kind of serve as a bit of a recap yeah. anyway. Well, Alex, I, I um I have I'm not as pro- uh, prolific as you are. I, I ha- so what it is, it's a, it's a vlog, well, it's a, it's a heightened vlog where I just go around the planet, uh, talk about wine, have a laugh, you know, try and, try and educate young people on 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of like snobbery and pretentiousness about wine. And I agree. I just want to break down those barriers and be like, look, it's just piss. Like, you know, <laughs> just get it, get it up here. Like, this is this goes with this, this goes with that. Yeah, you know, it's simple. Drink it, enjoy it. You're gonna live for like what eighty years or so. You know, there's no rush as well. Like, start here, progress there. Sure. As your wallet gets bigger, then you can get more expensive stuff now. But when you're young, just 30 bucks a bottle, 20, 30 bucks, you're sweet. Perfect. And I think Baz Gad, probably one of the most uh, practical pieces of advice is for any young person um, going through and, and potentially thinking about wine is that you should always get the second cheapest <laughs> item, the second cheapest bottle of wine on the menu. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's changed now. Let's get something fucking I nice. Gonna, I, I was going to give you a rap, but um, <laughs> if you've turned into a snob, then we might have to kick Not you. Not a snob. Well, it's you, the, 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 yeah, the, the, I just the, got the more money, so I'm just you like, just oh, no, I should have something better, thank you. <laughs> But yeah, no, if you're starting on wine, second cheapest thing on the menu is still, gen- still good, good rule gen- of thumb. Good rule yeah, of thumb. Good yeah. And we're all about rules of thumb because, mm-hmm. you know, there are going to be areas. When we talk about, you know, general things and areas of expertise, basically, mm. it's almost impossible to be able to be good at more than three or four things. Basically, it's, it's sure. very, very difficult to be anything above kind of better than average at three or four things. So one of the best things you can do is basically listen to the people who are experts. Mm-hmm. And they, they give you kind of practical rules that you can kind of go by. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, and you know, I think the, the, the idea of the second cheapest bottle on the menu as, you know, words to go by, if you're taking, you know, if you're an 18-year-old, 19-year-old and you're taking a girl out on a date and she says, yeah, you don't what, do you recommend, bottle, what do you recommend? What do you recommend? And you go, oh, I think this looks like good. And it ends up being a good one. Then I think that's a, that's a cracking piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And there should be more advice, not less, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's awesome. So people will drop that link in the description as a follow-up mm-hmm. um, to the Paradise Wine Shows. Now, it's on YouTube, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, YouTube was, and Instagram. I definitely saw YouTube Instagram. Instagram yeah. yeah, Instagram. So Instagram and YouTube, we'll drop the link there. Um, and it's pretty cool as well because there is a bit of... Is it, did, you, did I see you going around with, um, speaking a bit of Chinese as well? Yeah, so half of it's in Mandarin. The whole idea is yeah. it, can, it can be you know, for English audiences and Chinese audiences. And look, the whole idea is pretty much I can educate people over, you know, in, in China and here at the same time. And what that will allow me to do is to sell more wine in the future. So you're like, oh, you know, that, you're that guy. I've seen you already. Okay, yeah, I know you. You're sweet. Okay, let's buy the wine. So it's just, it, it helps helps with business as well. But also, you know, it's fun. You know, I get to have a laugh. I get to go around to vineyards and have a chat. And I love doing that. So wine's massive. In, yeah, wine's a massive thing in China. Um, when I was there, though, um, how was still it? Pretty, still How pretty was expensive. It? Yeah. Still pretty expensive, though. Like. Basically, minimum you're paying 150 quai for any Australian bottle. So minimum. it's like 25 bucks. $25, $30. Yeah. Even Jacob's Creek, something yeah. that you paid maybe $10 here for or cooking, $11 here cooking for cooking wine, wine <laughs> yeah. um, was still 30 bucks. And, you know, it's one of those things people always say um, everything's cheaper in China. It's just not the case anymore. Uh, it's just China, Chinese things are cheaper in China. Chinese things Western are cheaper. Products but Western are products are quite expensive and I found that particularly with wine beer mm. wasn't too bad but mm. especially with wine I found that things were more expensive mm. um, Kurt mm-hmm. have you thought well you know as a follow up to the question about um, you know kind of how the, the Australian market is yeah. how do you find the international market is in terms of the reception for new sources number one but particularly Australian sources number two um well, it depends which market you're talking about. I mean, if we go for the Chinese market, for example, their reception for Australian products, it's a brilliant example, mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, uh, I feel like the, the, the Asian market for Australian products is really, really good, um, as well as Vietnam. 
Vietnam is also that's the next big thing then Vietnam yeah I mean a lot lot of the spots that we're manufacturing in China are moving to Vietnam yeah of course tariffs and so not and so on and so forth and um, wages yeah yeah wages. Yeah, you pay yeah. these Chinese guys way more money than you used to yeah and I think uh, um, we, we're lucky to be in Australia because Australia really really has a good international reputation mm. so I mean we've got a few I've got a few connections in, in, in China and I'm, I'm looking to export yeah to them but the export the export laws in Australia are are really a minefield. Really a minefield. So yeah, I also I did I did a subject at uni, a, a contract law subject at uni, and it was um, particularly Chinese contract law. And one of the things was the, uh, exporting. But there's there's like the um, the Chinese equivalent of the of like the the food safety Australia, whatever mm-hmm. it is, because um, it's all controlled by the party, and the party yeah. all sets yeah. the rules. And so basically, when the, when the party decides that. They really, they don't, they want to ramp up protectionism. They want yeah. to foster their own industry. They'll make it basically yeah. almost impossible to yeah. export stuff. Um, from, and they, from Australia? From anywhere. From yeah. anywhere yeah. into China. Like, uh, you saw it particularly with baby formula. They had, a, they had a period where they loved baby formula coming in from all over the place because yeah. they, they had a bunch of accidents in, in with Chinese manufacturers with mm. baby formula. But there have also been periods where um, it's been almost impossible to, to move the stuff in. Um, I mean, China's obviously a, a, an incredibly um, profitable market if you can get in there. It's a huge market. It's, it's, it, 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 it's a really ridiculous market. Westerners don't understand the, the, like the gravitas scale. that yeah. the, the Chinese market has. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's huge. For sure, for sure. But I think there's 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 also the idea though that it's easy to get into because what what I found and what I've heard is that a lot of the times um, people are just ignorant to it. People are ignorant, but it's Australian Australian businesses will just set up and try and go into China and then have no success. Well, yeah, it, 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 yeah, that's very that's a very common thing to happen, and the reason why um, is because first of all the laws are completely different, and uh, second of all um, the way of doing business in China is. Is starkly different to do, to, to Australia. Um, yeah. I mean, it's they, they've got a very different way of, of conducting themselves. Um, the, yeah, it's just it's just very different. And I mean, a businessman that comes over here, a seasoned businessman that comes from from Aussie that, that goes to China in the hope of, of you know starting a company or doing a few deals, you know, the likelihood uh, is not as high as if they were here because it's just very different. Same as if. A Chinese businessman came here. The the, the, the business the differences are yeah. so high. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the uh, the Chinese, for example, operate almost into they can almost operate almost entirely on WeChat. So, um, you know, the, the, they do. Yeah, they do. Basically, they don't they don't use Instagram really. They don't use Facebook. They don't use. So unless you actually have, if you're a business looking to export into China and assuming that you've like the, what what I'm trying to say is that the Australian label, the Australian sticker, isn't actually enough. There are so many Australian businesses who try to export into China and just don't get a foothold because they don't actually understand yeah. how the marketing works. Yeah. Weibo, WeChat, all those. I would things. put that on WeChat, yeah. Weibo, would, all that I would stuff. I put that onus on the on the business owner though. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, because absolutely. The, the Australian label is, is is fantastic in that market. I would I would put it on the nego the, the, the specific negotiation of that director of that if they didn't quite make it over there because or their product maybe their product is a flaw yeah because um there's there's quite a warm can welcome you, can to you Australian speak, product can you speak Mandarin are you communicating with these guys at all that's, you, know, yeah. you have to 
actually communicate with them. Do it's not like, give, oh, have a nice product. Do you give oh, the red yeah. envelopes? Do you, do you, yeah. you know, do you there's go to that. dinner? That's what's yeah. what I mean, you know? There's, there's, a lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of that. Um, so definitely you would say that, um, you know, that kind of Southeast Asian slash Asian market in general is somewhere that you're looking for now, now that you've kind of established yourself a little bit in, in Australia and um, in this domestic food scene, are you kind of looking overseas as the next frontier or is it kind of you're solidifying your foothold no. here first and then... Rather, do you, do you um, have the ability to scale up? Yeah, we do. Yeah, um, We've got a, a, a great ability to scale up. Um, uh, business in Australia is also quite vast. So um, we're, we're like, you know that photo of Earth? It's a tiny little speck of dust. It's kind of what, like, any... Yeah, that's kind of what my company is like. I mean, we do... A, few million a year hmm. i mean it's very small I'd, I'd want to first lock down this australian market when i f- when i feel like i've kind of the barrier to entry in a foreign market would be less than a domestic then i would try and hmm. penetrate those but until that happens which i can't see happening in the next 12 months i'm not even gonna bother yeah, yeah. for sure for yeah. sure for so sure 100 percent, 100 percent. particularly with all the regulations and the labeling and stuff like i know that when i was looking at it there's a whole bunch of labeling issues that comes along with China and the, and the ways it like differences in the ways that you can make claims for your own products and, and stuff like that is very, very different. Mm. So look, what I thought we might do, we've got in front of us, we've got a couple of things. <clears throat> um, we've got a couple of different sources and we've also got a glass or a bottle of wine here. Now, the recommendation I had from an actually a qualified food technologist, um, because we like to reach out and get expertise elsewhere here on Carnage House. We're not all in <laughs> organic. But um, is that we should do the wine tasting first before the sauces because there is a chance that the sauces, particularly if they're hot, will basically all we're tasting after <laughs> that is hot it's sauce. It's hot. Yeah. Hot sauce. So Rule of I'm going to hand it over. I'm going to hand the conch over, so to speak, <clears throat> to, to so Sebastian. And Sebastian, what I want this to be, uh-huh. to clarify, is... 50% wine tasting, but 50% educational. Because I think our listeners are a majority either kind of boomers or very, very young people. So I assume the boomers know what they're talking about. But the thing I love the most about our last podcast is that you gave us really the bare, the bare bones, the, 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 the meat and potatoes of what the different wines are. So tell us a little bit about this wine, what makes a difference or what makes it good. All right. So this wine I'm pouring right now is a Cab Merlot from the Margaret River. And it comes from a company called Claire Olive. Now, Claire Olive have been, they, they established themselves. What's a Cab Merlot? Sorry, just a so, okay, so a Cab so Merlot let's go is, basics. Is, okay. Um, a Cab Merlot is a red wine that is blended with two grapes. That being Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Yeah. And Cabernet Sauvignon is a very strong, powerful, um, delicious red. Uh, but Merlot is sort of slightly a mellow wine. And um, they blend them together to make a big wine with a sort of a, a soft finish. So when people talk about Merlot Shiraz, they're mm. talking about the actual Grapes. type of grape. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's the the grape uh, variety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it comes from a company called Clairol, which is yeah, said, uh, was established in the seventies, and they considered sort of the um, the original sort of OG guys of the Margaret River. So the Margaret River being uh, down down south in uh, Western Australia. Um, Margaret River is really famous for having sort of big spicy uh, cab saps. So cab sap okay. is the big one there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the big lovely uh, sort of slightly cold climate wine. Uh, cold climate. What does that do? That means that um, that the weather's a little bit more frost uh, or chilly, uh, coming from all these Arctic winds coming up, and that um, that allows the wines, uh, so the grapes when they're on the vines to not grow as intense. 
intensely um, and like get big and like juicy they're a little bit more they get a bit small they're not as, they're a bit smaller more tucked in more tucked in yeah <laughs> and that creates so when they grow they should have become a bit more um the flavors become more refined more intense rather than just being big and juicy it's more like a like a blue cheese compared to a uh, um something that's really big and while we're talking about actually the Chinese thing um, just funny thing about these guys um, Clairol uh, in China you can register your um, your business name um, as as your own property and uh, unfortunately these guys um, in China someone like Nick like in I don't know what time it was so early 2000 they said oh Clairol to Wano I'm going to register Clairol in China and they, they have Clairolt in China. As This is my business. I am Clairolt. Wow. Yeah. And now they can't... They're, having, like, they're, they're figuring it out now. But, they um, can't export under the same name. They can't export under, under Clairolt. Yeah. And that's like, what's going on here? So when we're talking about those hurdles, I mean, that's... That's a bit annoying. That's a what, huge that's hurdle. One of those bloody hurdles. I mean, if they're making all these bottles <laughs> and they have to like, relabel the <laughs> bottles and it's just extra time and money and... For sure. Yeah, it's like they just want to have a brand, and that's just one of those. That's just one of those things. So, okay, so, yeah, so let's, let's have a drink. Let's have let's have a taste. Um, so, now, so this is a this is a fairly big tasting, but I'm happy to I'm happy to. Yeah, give I'm sorry, I probably poured a bit much, but I mean, we've we, we got these uh, nice little Italian glass, little small, mm. little, I mean, more whiskey glasses. I yeah, yeah, nice like, like a port, yeah, yeah like a port glass. Yeah, yeah. Port, exactly. So, um, going back to the whole um, brie cheese thing um, with wine, uh, wine is like a cheese in the sense that. So you have it in, in, in a fridge for a while, and uh, you you don't have you don't have a cheese straw. You don't eat it straight out of the fridge. You let it yeah. sit on the table for let a couple of hours. Let it mature. Let it open up. Let the smells come out. Let it bloom. Same thing with the wine. This is this has <laughs> been bottled since two thousand sixteen, so it needs to open up. So I mean, has that's that been in the bottle or in the barrel since twenty sixteen? Uh, yeah, actually, no. You got me there on a technicality. Correct. Um, they does. I mean, it was. It was from the year of 2016, yeah. so it could be in a tank for ages and then had a little bit of time on um, on, on barrel. Yeah. I believe it has a little bit of. Uh, actually, I believe it is all. Ooh, actually, it's a bit bad. I'm not sure if it has um, a little bit of uh, French oak to it. Oh, we'll taste. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll taste if it does. Yeah, so we can taste it, and uh, um, once we taste it, because the, ba- the barreling is actually a really important part of wine making. Very is my mm-hmm. understanding. And so when we taste it, I want you to then run us through a different between French oak and American oak yeah. and kind of the way in which the barrel feeds into the whole process potentially yeah. so we might have a so taste so let's have a little chin 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 cheers cheers mate uh-huh. Horst. so a bit of a tomato-y uh, taste you would say I mean when you eat also you gotta say when you talk about wine you use adjectives and these mm. adjectives aren't, they don't mean like oh it tastes like tomatoes it's just a way of describing the wine, so be like, oh, tomato, a little bit of gun flip, a little bit of chocolate. It's interesting that you're trying to yeah. destigmatize wine whilst also using this snobbery wine term. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, look, at the end of the day, it's just a red drink. I mean, you just we're going to say tomatoes, but it doesn't mean tomatoes. It means something else. It's an it adjective. It it's a describing word. It's a descriptive word. Okay. You know, so you, you, so for example, I would, you know, I would I, like mm. I can understand light, heavy. I can understand. You know, um, uh, look, it's, it's just—it's just one way of differentiating the wines between other ones. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just red grape juice. You know, so it's got fermented a, red grape. Fermented, fermented. That's a nice grape. wine. Yeah, that's actually that's quite a nice. brilliant wine. I yeah, like so that wine. Full flavour. That's that cab out there, but the Merlot mm. just chills out. Yeah, we might do as well. We can see if we can set up some kind of affiliate marketing with mm. these guys. So we uh, guys, uh, you go to my website, Single Vineyard Cellars, and you write in Seb Ten. You get ten percent discount. 
notes off this one. So, 100%. Uh, we'll drop that in the link. This in the wine link. also in context, because that's what, that, what, that's what I find is really important for a food or a beverage, just mm-hmm. to put it in context. If you had this with brilliant lighting in a, in a sexy restaurant mm. with a lovely big glass, big I, steak, and a steak with a, some great sauce, mm. I can imagine this going some very Some smooth well. music in the some background. Smooth music. Light jazz. And a good person, some good company. And, and, and I can imagine this going sensational. A beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful woman in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's it's fourteen um, percent this wine. And what's so, a typical? What's it? What, so percentages. So, what does that mean? So so we were really going to assume. So what, assume yeah. I know nothing. Yeah. Okay. So white wines typically would have between like eleven to fourteen percent alcohol. Yeah. Um, and a red and a red wine can have sort of like oh, an Australian wine. Um, where I kind of like 13 to 15. So it's a little bit stronger. Uh, so pretty much generally, uh, the, the stronger the alcohol in the wine, the more chunky you want your food. So like steaks and right. you know, big roast okay. veggies and all that. But if you're having sort of low, generally, I mean, these are all general generally terms. Speaking. So, like, all these speaking. All these rules are made to be broken, but if you're having like a white wine, you'd want some like light, fi- like even like a light Riesling, you'd have like a light fish or scallops or something nice, like or champagne or something like that. Yeah. Um, champagne being from France, not from anywhere else in the world. From Champagne. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just think that's my, that's my gripe. <laughs> yeah. that's your, that's your I, think, I think I said that last time. That's the hill you're going to die on. Champagne being from Champagne. Yeah. That's the hill you're going to die on and yeah. go for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's actually that's actually really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kurt? Yes. What, what are your thoughts on the, on the wine slash you're, you're wine. big on the food side. So what's interesting oh. about this podcast and, and this, this video per se is we've got someone who's on the, heavy on the beverage and we've got someone who's heavy on the food. And obviously, one of the things, it's one of the things you consider when you're making sauces is what it would likely be paired with. 100%. Same thing with wine is though. I mean, exactly. It's like, what are you, what are you the eating? The two go absolutely hand it's, in hand. It's the same thing. It's a beautiful it's, synergy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk me through <laughs> the process. So, so you've got... Um, a restaurant who might say we're looking for a, a sauce for um, our beef, for yes. example. So are you thinking, I want this to pair well with what's well, most likely going to go with the beef, um, which is going to be a heavy red or something like that? Or what is your thought process? I like to, or how um, does the process work? I like to keep my job simple. Yeah. So generally how a deal would go is you'll have a restaurant owner or a brand owner who has already done their their whole due diligence. Sure. They've already sorted out exactly what items they're going to have on their menu, what they're going to be paired with, or uh, what their wine selection is, and, and and what they're going to go right with. And they already know what they want their sauces to taste like. Yeah. And I'm more of just a tool. They just say... <laughs> Don't mean that literally, <laughs> but I'm like I'm more like a, a command in a the computer. They just say, sure. Kurt, um, we, we, we want these flavor notes. We want this. Here's the recipe, please. Reproduce this on a big scale. Right, that's cool. basically what I'm doing. And that's what and okay. that's, I, I, I specialize in custom sauces. Cool, cool. So like these sauces here that you see, these are all custom. Hmm. I, I okay. I'm not a chef. I don't um, right. claim to be good at knowing flavors or anything. I I just say, look, I got the equipment. I got the know-how how to produce it on a massive scale and put it into this type of packaging that you want to make it easy to use. And I'll do that for you. And do, just give me a bit so of time. So you, you go, I taste this, and they go, like, oh, we want a bit more spicy, or a little bit more of this, a little bit more. Hundred percent. It's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, what's what's the most extensive back and forth you've had? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think the most expensive. So extensive, like, like yeah, yeah. I know exactly yeah. what I mean. So, um, you, you'll have res- uh, company owners who have very large brands, and they built that brand off 
a source that was passed down, a, a recipe that was passed down, and when they were cutting their teeth at the grill or, or whatever they were doing, um, they used that source, and that's what they feel is what makes their steaks. Well, that's kind of the only thing that really makes their steak differentiate, or they really differentiate from from another company's because they're like you know well, they're, they're not many suppliers of. They are, but I mean, the, uh, one steak to another steak is very, very similar. It's really the flavor. For sure. So they, they're really picky and really selective over the sauces, their signature sauces. So I think the longest back and forth I've ever been would be probably about f four to five months back and forth, maybe at least twice a week going back and forth to the guy's house or to the guy's restaurant or whatever, saying, what do you feel about this? They'll say, oh, it's a bit thick. It's a bit, it's a bit acidic. It's a bit this. It's a bit that. You know. Yeah. And, mm. and I mean, I'm, I'm just there. I mean, Warren Buffett said, if you want to have a good business, you've got to delight your customer. I make sure my customers are delighted with the end product, and I keep it that way. For sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's really nice. So, so you, is that the vast majority of your business is um, them coming to you saying we have this? We're opening up five or six new stores. Yeah. We we actually just need this at scale at this point, and we're happy to outsource this because we're spending X amount on and time and money making it ourselves. When we we would really just like it to come from. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing about it is the thing that our company offers is it's a blend of very old traditional. Source making man, like manufacturing techniques versus also quite contemporary. So what you get is the quality of it of an in-house made source. It's the same quality that you'd get in in the that that, that was in, in the non big as, pot. Non as quick in the, yeah, or it, it's the like same. That, it's just yeah. a bigger pot. It's not a completely different manufacturing technique or anything like that. But that being said, you still get a lot of the contemporary things like the packaging that makes it easy to use and, and so on and so forth. So a lot of restaurants come to us because we're a bit of a, a gap in the market. I mean, they've got, a, they've got an issue with their current source manufacturer or, or they're, they're sick of making the sauce what, in their what garage. Are, what, yeah. what, what, are the, what are the issues that you have with other manufacturers? And what, what would they say to you? Like, oh, we don't like so-and-so because they did that. What would those the things issues be? that that I find most Australian source manufacturers face and go, and the reason why they lose significant market share mm. is, uh, uh, I would say, cost of goods. So they try and cut their cost of goods, and in a source like quality. factory, yeah, yeah, in a source manufacturing environment, it's it's you, you get to a certain age where the only way you can cost, where the only way you can cut cost is by the, like putting not as good quality ingredients in. So we make sure that we only put fresh ingredients. We don't have any powders or any substitutes. We, we, we care a lot about flavor. And that's the way I want to keep it. Um, I mean, like that chili sauce over there, that has fresh chilies at mine that we grind in-house. It's, wow. it's, not, it's, not it's not a powder or a paste or a this or a that. It's a fresh chili ground in-house. Perfect. Do, do sauces go off? Of course, yes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, like, see, so see so your fresh chilies that you ground and put into the sauce. And how long does it have a lifespan? So when we get the chilies oh, yeah. in to the factory, fresh chilies from the farm, they we have to we have to process them within two days. Yeah. If we don't, they they go off. Yeah. Um, this chili sauce here, which uses the fresh chilies, um, if that's refrigerated, we give it a three month shelf life thing. We do lab testing that's and so on sure. and so forth. It is because it's a boutique sauce. Um, and also because lab testing is is um, quite an extensive process. It's 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 it takes a lot a lot more capital and time than you think it actually does. And I mean, if we can just run the company a bit more lean, you know, 
I was going to ask about that. I was going to ask, like, what, what, like, um, you know, you, you mentioned that it's kind of an old, you use your traditional cooking processes, but you have kind of those modern facilities as well that kind of complement yeah. it. One of the things I was going to ask you about was yeah. whether or not, you know, when someone says it's too acidic or something like that, whether you can actually measure that in terms of, I don't know, it's like pH levels or something yes. like that. And so you're able to kind of fill in that gap even further by actually being able to generate kind of outputs and, and, and actual real data. It's interesting that you asked me that because taste is subjective. It's very, it's kind of like art. Like, yeah. do you like this Picasso painting? Not really. Some people love it. Do you like this glass of wine? Some people won't, as you know. Some yeah. people will love it. It's <laughs> the same as sauce. It means you get, you get a, a brilliant sauce and some people say, oh, it's a bag of dicks. We don't like yeah. it. <laughs> you know, um, and basically what we do is we'll have a... Uh, it's it's very important to get sign-off from the owner of the company. So the owner of the company will say, these are the specifications that we like. So we'll measure the pH, measure the, the viscosity, yeah. measure the total dissolved solids, measure everything. And then if one of their restaurants has a gripe with it, has a has a thing, we'll, we'll take a sample of their stuff. And you stuff. show them the specs, like this is we'll, this, this is this, this. We'll, we'll, we'll take a sample from actually. their restaurant, we'll measure the pH, measure the viscosity, measure this, measure that. And if it all checks out the same, we'll just say, hey, we'll, you got a bad you, batch, and you, you got a bad batch, or you're tasting something. No, different. no, no. If, if 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 it pulls off as as the same as what's on there as what's on their spec, we'll yeah. just say you signed off on this product. This yeah. is what you, you wanted us to make. Coffee. You've had some I'm, chewing gum. You like you. I'm just yeah. uh, I'm just like a I'm like a hammer. I'm like just you just tell me what you want, yeah. and I'll do it. I uh, that's what I've, I've done my job right. I'm like an algorithm. Just make make it happen. <laughs> yeah, and sure. and I've done my job. You know, uh, if if it is out of spec, then I'll be like, okay, here's a credit for you here and here and here and here. Let's recall that batch. Bring it back, and you know, because that's not that's not how the customer actually wanted it. Sure, yeah. but I mean, yeah, that's how. Of it course, goes. yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess, how often do you find? And you, you know, you mentioned that taste is subjective, and it's kind of something I'm interested in. How often do you find when they say something is too acidic, and when you measure it, I don't know if you come back and measure it or what the exact process do, is. Yeah. And they say it's too acidic. How often do you find that the, the taste actually correlates to something that's scientific? So how, how often do you find that they say it's Never. too acidic, you come back and the pH levels or whatever uh, are actually too high or too low? Not often. It also depends on the customer. You'll have some brands that really invest well in their chefs and some that don't really. Um, the ones that do, the, the really fine dining spots in Sydney, generally when they have an issue with the sauce, there is actually an issue. Yeah. Um, no matter how small it is, they got very sensitive palates. Mm. Um, but very often, they'll come back and say, oh, it's this, it's that, it's that. But it's actually not a problem. More often than not, it's actually a mistake that was made in-house and they try and cover their own tracks. Right. Yeah. Like in the way it was handled or it was supposed it was to be refrigerated if it, if it, after it this period. It was temperature abused yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Because obviously you have all these variables from, from the time when you drop it off, drop the sauce off until it's served. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, all of that stuff is kind of outside of your control to some degree. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. I mean, we will, it's all under contract. So we'll go to a, co uh, a company and we'll say, so first of all, how it all starts is we'll get a, a restaurant chain and they say, hey, we want this to these specs. We signed, we agree to make it to that. Then we'll go to a courier company and we'll say, hey, we want these sources distributed at this temperature, so on and so forth. So we'll sign, they'll sign to that. It's all, it's a ring of accountability. Yeah. So if, you know, if, 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 if a source receives a, uh, something that's that's not in character then and we, we can track to see whether it actually was um 
you know what what the cause was whether it was temperature abused or so on and so forth if it was if it, if it was this or if it was that we can whoever's accountable for it will you'll be able to find out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's the whole thing about the food industry in australia is they just want to know if where we can find the mistake and how we can stop it from happening that's, yeah that's all it is yeah hmm. well that's awesome well Without further ado, I might just go grab some spoons and we might actually just try this. Mmm, mm, yeah, let's do it. If that's exciting. Works for you guys. Of course. I knew our audience, so I thought these three sources you guys would like in particular. I am, I've really been getting into the Aporto uh, sauce. Did you, did you get around that one? I bought the $8 you know, one Aporto. person here does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's super oily, yeah. It's got to be spicier, man. I, I smashed it. I was, I was you know everything. I was like... On the thing that the Aporto sauce is oily, uh, Portuguese uh, chili sauce is was originally just chili-infused oil. So uh, a Portuguese sauce is, is meant to be oily. That's mm. one but of the also, I would assume, really, really spicy as well. Very hot, very uh, a very hot, very acidic, and quite oily. That's because when you when you when when you get a Portuguese chicken burger like mm-hmm. at a tuck shop, sometimes it's not spicy, but sometimes it blows your head off. The ones that blow your head off are the traditional ones. Yeah. Mm. The ones that are not spicy are the guys that think you know mayonnaise is hot. They're fake news. Yeah, that, that's fake Those news. Those are fake news. <laughs> that's, that's They're F- fake news in the F- industry. F- and I bet you drive past the news. Fake, you, fake, you news fake, 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 fake news you're network. Fake news network. You're not Portuguese. Fake news. Okay. <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> Get a real job. Get a real job. Okay, so we might actually just give this a crack. Ooh. So what do Okay, so the f- I'll start from this side. The this chili sauce is one of my favorite chili sauces. It's one of three that we make. Um, it, it it's a blend of fresh and fermented chili. Um, and you know it's it's quite spicy it has a bird's eye chili in mm. which is quite similar to the tabasco chili rule of thumb with chilies is the smaller chili is the hotter it is yeah so okay. this is quite that's a, a good rule of thumb yeah that that's cool. a rule like that one a lot of people think it's that it's, you see a one, fat mexican chili it's mm. not the hotter it'll be quite mild mm. but if you see a small one you just better watch watch out um and it's got brilliant flavor you'll you'll it's quite hard to explain it's quite acidic it's it's, it's very nice very complimenting this aioli is a standard garlic aioli using fresh garlic um, we, we grind that in-house and um, preserve it and then add it in. And this peri-peri sauce, this is a... Um, a peri sauce is quite hard to make. So I'd, I'd like... hard to make. There's a unique blend of spices which you what put in. So they're like... Cum- <laughs> they're, it's, it's like... It's like cumin, no, but tell us the sauce. The cumin, <laughs> cumin, paprika, um, oil, canola oil, um, and obviously chili and, and garlic and so on and so forth. But it's quite hard to get the ratios right. Mm, sure. And it's quite a thing that, as you said before, you go to some peri-peri joints where... The, where you know, it's quite hot and it's good. And then you get somewhere it's very mild and it doesn't really taste too much. So it's it's a very, you know, oh, yeah. here or there thing. That's why places where, like... Where, where'd the name come from? Perry, Perry. Perry. Perry, I think Perry is just an abbreviation for Portuguese. So really? Portuguese sauce, yeah, Perry, Perry. Really? Por- Perry, Perry. That would be fascinating though. Por- yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's where it comes from. Perry, Perry is just a Portuguese sauce. Traditional Portuguese sauce. Yeah. Portuguese chicken. If you have Portuguese chicken, it tastes like very very. Mm. Exactly. It's just Portuguese. Wow. Okay. Well, there Portuguese. You go. Well, there's two mm. two bombs. Smaller the chili, the hotter it is normally, and peri peri yep. is also just maybe short for Portuguese. Yeah. 
This maybe. is you don't learn anything on these maybe. podcasts. Maybe. You know, if you pay attention, you learn something new every day. That's right. That's right. Okay, so all, what, Kurt, what do you reckon we should try first? I would go for that one. I think you guys would like Actually, So what's that one? That one's the, the traditional chili sauce. When you just go, you wrap it up in heat? Or? That's just, it's quite a hot sauce, but it's, it's got a brilliant flavour to it. So I think you would like that. I think I would start with... These two, two whichever one you want. This one's not as hot as that one. Okay, let's um, do the first one. Now, interestingly, Baz, you asked about my experience in China. Now, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm very curious. To know when, what I, you've been when, up I was, when I was in China, I did a to get a month, big, big chunk. Sorry, to get a big chunk of this. I did a um, two-month homestay uh-huh. and with the with a Chinese family. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, that's, that's right. You take that. No, I got your one. I got, no, I got one for Alex. Yeah, he's got one for me. He's got one for me. I've got a spoon over there. I took it. Wowie. That's right. You taste the fresh chilies. Have the whole thing. Oh, have the whole thing? Have the whole thing. It's a nice little zing to it. Is this going to put me on my ass? You've got your sort of like little barbecue-y vibe to it though as well. You know what I mean by that? Like, you've got the fresh chili, but you've also got the... But what do you think about that? Oh, I can tell this is going to be a painful experience, but man, I'll get into it. I love this. This is this is. <laughs> do fantastic. you like that sauce? Bro, I'll, I'll get around this. I've got another one which is a bit more mild and a bit sweeter, and that's one of our best sellers in, in WA because that's where all the South Africans move to, and the South Africans love that. That's so dank. Mm. Do you like that sauce? Mm. That was good. Okay, guys, and what, what I was going to tell you was that when I was doing a homestay with this Chinese family, the mum was from Sichuan province. Yeah. Ah. You know, uh, I don't have a Szechuan sauce. Do Rick and Morty. <laughs> um, and she used to put she chili on absolutely everything. Mm, Sand it! She took chili <laughs> sauce to everywhere. And the Chinese normally have reasonably spicy um, food anyway. Mm. Particularly when you go outside of central Shanghai. So there's normal chili, which is la la or larger as they call yeah, it. Yeah. But you try mala, mala, like, which is like that numbing black chili. Did you ever get around that? What I, I did try I don't know if it if it was a thing, but I tried something I think it might have been. It tastes like kerosene the first time you try it. I thought I was being spiked. I'm like, oh god, it's gonna. Like, How do you know what kerosene tastes like? Oh, you know, you definitely, you definitely smell. I would never taste that because we are, we get involved in so many new flavors every day, and the problem that a get lot of the mala, bro. yeah, a problem that a lot of the restaurant and food foodie guys have now is trying to come up with new dishes all the time. That's have it. You, that's have it. you noticed how Jamie Oliver always rocks up with a new dish? Mm. And it's like, where does he get these from? I guarantee it's he's not got him. A... I bet it's not him, though. Mm. I reckon mm. it's someone he knows. It's, no, no, no. It's, it's his buddy marketing. It's his buddy's team. Isn't yeah, it? he's got it's his technician, his food yeah. technician team. Oh, yeah. said... Uh, Cause he, cause he we, kept... we, we used to sell to Jamie's uh, Italian, and they all went under... Well, because apparently he took a bunch of investments in... He made a bunch of investments in his mates. No, no, the, the Australian ones were profitable, but internationally they just they tanked. So okay, the, 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 dude, the dude's worth on average, you know, two hundred mil. Um, he's got three restaurants internationally that went under. A guy who's worth three two two hundred mil doesn't care. Doesn't doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> two, three restaurants going under. Is but what I'm saying is it's not the restaurants. Oh, it's Apparently he made a bunch problem. of investments in his mates' businesses. Anyways, we're not. We don't traffic in gossip here on Country Shows. Oh, we no, deal no, only no, in nothing. fact and real no. news. So fact and so sauce. all of that was pure conjecture and nothing more. That was awesome. That was actually hot, but it wasn't like um, you know when you taste a sauce and it's hot just for the sake of being hot. There's Mm. no flavour. That's no good. That's no good. What would you have that? That's a fear factor. What would you have it with? That goes brilliant with chicken, Mm -hmm. uh, a red meat, 
um that that sauce is really it's also very good as a dipping sauce so if you want to have it with fish as well it's it, it's really good it's one of those sauces where you kind of got to take it home and see what you like with try it with a few things because it works like for some people works for you know I feel like it's a bit of an aphrodisiac sauce I know that's what a lot of chilies no, chilies are. You get the sweat and afterwards, and, and, you, and that's why a lot of people get addicted to chili. Could be the wine. That could be a lot of things. Could be a Carnage House merch. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Where's that teacup? <laughs> could be curtain. You know, what I think you'd like Baz though is that Perry sauce. Well, shall we get into it? Okay, we'll send it. Let's, yeah. Well, let's have. I reckon we have a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So we got to cleanse the palate. Mm. I think that's the. Um, you want to you want to neutralize the palate. And mm. tomatoey. Yeah. Sus. That's mm. very interesting. That's very interesting. No, but I'm that's not good. any tomato. That's good because what I was saying is you often have sauces, chili sauces, and they're they're super super hot, but there's no flavour. It's no. just a, it's just stupid. No, it's, it's, just, it's it's ridiculous, and it's all about oh, taste this. Ah, oh, he, he's hurt. Yeah, that's that, all it's about. Yeah, this you want to use on food. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't want to be butthurt <laughs> the next day. We're coming back to it. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, because uh, like I mean, there are some sauces you can buy in the supermarket, and uh, I just go like I've tried them. Like even some of the chili sauce that I used at a restaurant, which I won't name, um, when I was working there, like it was hot, but it was there was no flavor. There was no flavor, and I was mm-hmm. like, people, people just want. Well, that's the yeah. one really untapped market in Aussie. Is the chili market in Aussie is really quite untapped. I yeah. mean, Australia has a has a reputation for being a very not spicy kind of country. I mean, a lot of white m- more, more <laughs> spicy than the UK, though. More spicy than the UK. Yes, but the UK. I mean, even the UK Indian, has. I mean, Indians love spicy curries. Apparently, the, apparently, a proper Indian curry is actually in, like almost too hot. To handle. Have you but had a, you, a, you, a, you, you know, you know, South Africa Thai food, all that, all that, you know, the yeah, Vietnamese food in the UK. When, when I was in yeah. South Africa, the Indian curries were intense because yeah. the Indian, South Africa is a massive Indian presence. Yeah. It was intense. It came here. It's like not hot at all. Yeah, it sucks a bit. It's, it's, Australian, Australian, it's Australian curries. A lot of Australian Aussies that think mayonnaise is spicy. You know? Yeah. Everyone just needs to get up and get on with it, I think. And just have a look. Come on, Kurt. Just have, game. You know, have a look at that. have a look at that, they should have a look at themselves <laughs> in the mirror and just take a breather. Because if you think mayonnaise is spicy, then you should. Jesus. <laughs> then you can brush your teeth again. I think, well, yeah, you should just wrap yourself up in bubble wrap and ride yeah. yourself down the hill or something yeah. like that. And be allergic to everything. Yeah, be allergic. Yeah, what a Derek. Anyways. Um, carry on. Next sauce. Next this sauce. Is the, the peri peri, the Portuguese sauce. No, not this one. This is the aioli. I'd love mm. for you guys to taste this because this is mm. everyone knows aioli. That's a pretty standard flavor. Can you just get the get rid of the rest of that sauce? Sure. It was the one before. Yeah, it's got a lovely curry taste to it. That, what do you, what do you call that? Like? Cumin. 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 Yeah, yeah. This sauce is is a new yeah. one that we've produced and it's doing spectacularly well. Really? Yeah. I just want to don't want to drip on your table here. It's okay. not as hot as the other one, so don't. So you have to brace yourself as much. That's interesting that you chose. I mean, pairing wise, because I mean, normally with wine, you'd start lighter wine and then roll oh, that is good. Well, I was that's tasty. I was that's yeah. tasty though, isn't it? That's actually tasty. tasty. Yeah, it, ling- no, no, it really lingers tasty. on the tongue. I wasn't thinking wine when I brought these 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 sauces out. I was thinking kind of personalities. Like <laughs> I know Baz loves his hot sauce. He always mm. used to bring Tabasco in. Tabasco's yeah. Tabasco is the Dom Perignon of, of sauces. <laughs> really? It takes five years to make a bottle. Yeah it does. It does. It's it's, it's an absolute masterpiece. People but it's everywhere. People who carry Tabasco with them are almost always lunatics. Or invariably mm. lunatics. My boy right here. Yeah. Had to uh <laughs> well, I'm the Thank you. That's unreal. I'll I'll um Do you like this sauce? That's that's my I like that a little bit more than that. Straight up, but that that's like the best of the peri peri. Like the best it's of a, what makes it's it, a, it's it's a very very good peri peri has a distinctive taste, mm. 
but it's like it varies. So you go, you know, you go to a Porto, you go somewhere yeah. else, and they're different. But there's something distinctive about it. That's that's the best, of no, the distinctive bit of the peri peri. It tastes homemade. That's the thing, like, and that's it, what I, you know, like it doesn't taste like some mass corporation fucking like this is these billion yeah. numbers in, like thrown in with this chemical. And it yeah, actually it's tastes the best. Real. That's, that's, that's so what real. I was getting to before when I came to um, traditional and contemporary manufacturing techniques. Mm. Because we don't use, you know, heat exchangers to make our sauce. We just got a big bloody pot and a stirrer and a heat sauce, and you stir it around. And, and, the guy watches it. The guy watches it. and then every thirty seconds, he goes. Mmm, <laughs> what's good? It, it tastes simple, you know, like you can taste yeah. the flavors like that's cumin, this is chili, that's that. Like, it's not can, maths, it's actual, you know, it's, it's, it's tasting. It's real, yeah. yeah sure. so, so do, you, do you personally taste the sauces as well when you were there or do you have someone else who does that? Of course, yeah. Um, we have on our, we obviously have a, a sheet which, you know, dictates the quality standard yeah. because one thing that, the, that, that any company is fixated about is consistency. Yeah. yeah. You'll know as someone goes to the gym often, <laughs> Consistency is key. Yeah, if, if you no, go to the gym once, every, if you go to the gym once every three weeks, you're not doing anything. Yeah. If you go to the gym, you know you got to be, be consistent. So um, we have a, a, a range of different forms that keep consistency, but um, we—it's just those manufacturing techniques. We make sure that they're old school and and you know it's it's the way you know Grand made it or your Pat made it. Sure. You know, what started the biz? Sure, hundred percent. One of my yeah, my favorite gelato place basically is there's two stores in the city. It's called Vito's, mm-hmm. and it's run by basically they're all Japanese guys. I don't I don't know how they got into it, but their their um, gelato is lighter than everyone else's, but it's still the because everyone just packs in the flavor. Like mm. when you go to if you go to Messina or you go to mm. do the gelatissimos, they just dump in the sugar, dump in the fructose. These guys do it really really light, but it's I reckon it's the best. Um, gelato i've had in sydney for sure mm. so i would say vito's i'm going to give a big shout out to if they can sponsor the podcast that'd be incredible i doubt it i doubt it but i would say recommend vito's because it's light but that's what i was thinking with the peri-peri it's not like it's not like in your face peri-peri it's like no. the, the best bits of the peri-peri and well the good thing about that vito's is like you know you don't want to if you if when you when you have a sauce you want to taste it in context so mm. like a wine I feel like if you're a restaurant and you and you want to put a bunch of wine, you know, a bunch of bottles on your on your on your menu, mm. if you don't taste those bottles with the steaks that you're sure. serving, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Because that's where your customers are eating it. It's, yeah. it's in context. It's the yeah. same as the sauces. A lot of people put too much in the sauce because they haven't tasted it in context. Those sauces you were talking about before, I'm sure they complement very well with the other elements of the dish, and that's what makes it perfect. I think you're right. I think you're onto something. I think you're onto mm. something because often you taste sauces, and maybe the sauces they think when they're, they're making it is that the sauce has to be kind of an end of itself. It has to be kind of the whole meal yeah. type of thing. It's, it's like, part does of this it's, taste good? It's part of and the it's like, That's not really the question. Yeah. Does it taste? The question is really. Look at does the it taste whole good? package. It's it, it's the same as if you want to develop any product or if you want to make any kind of company. You got to look at it. Look at it and be very and and scrutinize your critical, scrutinize right? your product. From the VoIP, from the viewpoint of your customer. Yeah. So how how are they experiencing it? If I owned a restaurant, I would sit at one of the tables with the glass bottle, with the steak, with everything put together, and and just have a fucking check checklist. What didn't work? What did work? Yeah. Fix everything that didn't work. You're you're, you're very lucky. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure how many uh, sauce companies are out there, but mm. I mean, with wine, I'll I'll be selling to these guys. You know, I'll we'll stand with the managers and the owners, and we'll go, okay, here are all the wines, and they'll be. And I'll literally see right around the corner. They've got 
like 10 Chardonnays lined up. And I'm, I brought, like I said, bring in a, a nice Chardonnay for, for 12 bucks. And I brought in my one, and it's like, mmm, little Loki, little buttery. We'll get back to you, you know. Like, but there's, there's so much competition in wine, and so much like there's so much slight nuance and variation. Yeah, there. and it's subjective. It's, and it's so and, subjective. And it's subjective. You know, they go like, "Oh, is it local wine?" You know, if someone's like, "Oh, it's from the Hunter Valley," people like that, or if it's from Orange, or for sure. And uh, yeah. a lot of people put a lot of um, weight on where it's from without mm. even tasting it. They'll say, "Okay, well, that red's from the Barossa Valley. We'll take that." But and, but and they, it's all the thing is, regions regions are very important for their reputations, and sure. you know, from there you've got a big spice reputation from there you got a very subtle mild reputation yeah i think that's a big thing because it makes my job really hard are funny are, are weird things that don't really mean much like this whole gluten-free craze really makes my job hard really oh yeah why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about how do you how, 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 how gluten, gluten in chili man gluten in there so <laughs> so if, if australia is very strict so with a gluten-free product you have to so let's say there are five ingredients in there I have to look at the product spec of all those five ingredients and make sure they're all gluten free. Mm-hmm. Even if it says may contain gluten free, no, no, I've got to change the whole thing, change the whole recipe, change the whole flavor. You know how owners are specific about their flavors. And most of the people, like let's be dead honest with the audience here, most of the people that are gluten free, they just—it's like a, it's like being vegan. It's like a you know, it's, like it's a, a face. It's a new thing. Like yeah. if you're actually celiac, you're you're in big trouble if you have like any gluten. Yeah. But majority of people, um, I, they're just like saying they are, and it makes. The food industry a hard job to work in. Not trends, you know. They come, they go. Comes and goes. You know. But trends also make you money, so they do. I find, yeah, I find, I find gluten free is heavily concentrated um, on the lower North Shore and the <laughs> eastern suburbs of <laughs> Sydney. I think the further out you go, the more rural you go. I would think, do you think the more posh of you have like some sort of allergy? I'll probably like it's a posh allergy. Yeah, and I also think I'll be quite controversial in saying this in a more female demographic. Oh, 100%. I'm happy with stereotypes. Because I'm not stereotyping, I'm just saying it, there's a bell curve to everything. Mm. And the tip of the bell curve, generally when it comes to gluten-free and so on and so forth, and, and what I can and can't eat, it's generally a female. Because can I be honest, I still don't know what gluten is. So, uh, and I, I, can, I can pick up you know, who's gluten Gluten is what makes like bread stretchy and stuff like that. It's okay. a, it's a, yeah, it's... Even that, it's it. But it, there's no real actual proof that it's bad for you or whatever. No, it's just some people think they're celiac and they're not really. <laughs> tough one. Gluten free is tough. Gluten gluten free is tough. You give the customers what they want. If they want gluten free, you give it to them. Mm. Give it to them. Give it to them. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And look, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong with the whole gluten free thing. Mm. If someone, if someone says to me, you know what, it's actually a real thing, and you know, I'll be like, okay, all right. It Fair is enough. a real thing, but to a very like a much more minor demographic, much more niche pocket than. Than majority of the people that's where they actually are. Okay. All right. Well, that's a. Um, I'm happy to have a crack at the gluten free people. That's mm. fair enough. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure they don't listen to this podcast anyway. So, um, why don't we do the last one? Mm. Oh, I just think early. I'm jump off the top. Just real square, real quickly. You got to duck off. Thank you. This is the Sebastian case. This is the. You're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> I'm happy Never. to keep it in. Keep it in. You know because you don't edit anything in. This. This um this this aioli this aioli is a standard aioli. It's very good. Yeah. Uses real real garlic, but I like it. I mean, what so so when so when someone says aioli, what does it actually mean? Like what for example aioli, is the difference between an aioli and a mayonnaise, for example? So an aioli is a 
I did some research when, re- research when I was developing it. I think it is a Brazilian source. Okay. I, but but do not... Don't quote you on that. Don't quote me on that. I think, I think, uh, but I'm not too sure. And I think it just means garlic. And, it, I, I know for this, I, I know this is for certain. It means garlic and oil in a, in a, in a foreign language. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just because your, your, your main ingredient in mayonnaise is oil. It's it's oil. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's about eighty to sixty percent oil. What type of oil? It doesn't matter what type. You want you want you want a very um, <laughs> you want a very simple oil that doesn't have many notes in it. It's like a an, a um, like a vanilla, an olive oil. Yeah. You don't want at all because it's very olivey. Uh, a canola oil is good. Send it. Yeah, go for yeah, the olive. That'd be good. That see, that'd be better on a chip than on a piece of metal. I'm actually gonna have another one of the peri peri if you don't mind. They'd be oh, better, much better on a chip than on a piece of metal. I was actually really enjoying the peri peri. It tastes fishy. Does it? I, I, I get like a, um, like almost like a caviar vibe to that. A little bit. Do you? Yeah. Is that, that, a, is that right or am I wrong or what, what's like? Oh, that's good. That peri peri is incredible. Do you like the, do you like I'm the peri? I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to do I reckon that's the best peri peri. So after that second taste of the early, is it still fishy or? Yeah. Still fishy? Yeah. Fishy notes, yeah. Fishing up the thing. Uh, Are you uh, clinically insane? Well, this is the you know what actually is actually brilliant is mixing this with that. Give me some of that. Mm. <laughs> mixing these two together is glorious. Mm. Um, oh, I better get into the um, aioli before mm. you guys turn that into. Tell a, me if you <laughs> think it's fishy. Tell me if you think it's fishy. I want to know. Mm. I may not have the palate that Baz has though. That's mm. um, if you think it's fishy, just tell me, please, because it's brilliant. Consumer feedback. I'm not getting the fish. I'm not getting the fish. I'm getting lot quite creamy and really eggy. Yeah. Um, look, heavy cream. You put but I'm not getting any fish. No? A lot of lemon. Yeah. This is a very simple sauce. Um, it's it's basically just egg. We I I've got a savory palate. Mm. I don't like sugary things. Um, so it's 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 a salted egg yolk. Mm. There are only two types of egg yolks that you can get in Australia. One's 10% sugared and one's 10% salted. Mm-hmm. So if you taste the praise, yeah, if you taste it, if you taste a praise mayonnaise, I'm sure you guys have all had it. It's very sweet. Yeah, and, th- and that's this not is, sweet. This that's is good. not sweet. Yeah. I, I don't like sweet things. Right. Sugar is so bad for you, and I just don't like the, I just don't like the taste of it. Mm. This is a 10% salted egg yolk. Do you use um, a lot of salt in your sauces? Uh, not too much, just the right amount. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, too much salt is just as bad as, you know, too much of anything. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, that's, it, it's a very simple recipe. It's just uh, lemon juice, fresh lemon juice, mm. um, 10% salted egg yolks. Mm. Obviously salt, we add a little bit extra salt because there's so much oil, that goes, canola oil that yeah. goes into it. Uh, canola oil and um, fresh garlic. Cool. And that's all it is. And we also add... Where's your garlic from, I ask? From? Mm-hmm. Our garlic is from a company called Interfood, and they're a South African company. They distributors? No, they're they are they are manufacturers and distributors. Yeah. Um, and they're a, they're an absolute um, juggernaut in the industry, and they um, they've just uh, for for a multiple of reasons we've chosen to deal with them. They're good price, good service, good communication, good everything, Sweet. good knowledge on the product. Yeah. Um, we also add a antioxidant to it, and we like to use. Better quality antioxidants. So ours is, ours is rosemary extract, mm-hmm. and rosemary extract. Rosemary extract is a brilliant antioxidant. Really, and that fishy, eggy taste that you were talking about is not enough antioxidant. So when the canola oil oxidizes with, obviously with oxygen, oxidizes, mm-hmm. 
gets that <laughs> flavor that you're talking about. So that's why we add that in. So obviously, I'll triple add check, a, triple check. I'll add a bit more of the antioxidant in. No, it's it's a it's a solid consensus. Both of you thought it was a bit a bit eggy. I think, a bit. I think it was salty more. That was like I was like a fishy salty. It's not positive. So we'll 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 adjust that. Do you reckon you could test for that though? Like with their very hard, very very, very hard, hard, yeah. Very expensive, very hard test. That's more of a taste test. Yeah. So would um, you have to get like a sensory panel in to do something like do like blind tests, placebo tests, like that type of stuff, okay. or? Basically, we all. I mean, this is the one source I could do it because this is my recipe, but with those, I, I could not. Yeah. Um, I, I I've I've been fighting with the that kind of fishy taste for a while, and oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. no, it's fine. I'm 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 honest. I mean, it, it, and it doesn't. It's not. It's, it's not, good. I like it's it. It's not it's bad at all. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just one thing that kind of hits you at the very back. You're like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Yeah. But it doesn't turn you off it at all. Mm. Um, and it's just um, it's just about an antioxidant. So we need to just add a bit more rosemary. And that's yeah, not a problem. Sweet. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, it's easy. Alright, well I still vote for the um poo-poo if that was um I love the poo-poo. Certainly my I reckon yeah. that's my favourite. Yeah. It was just um And also um light and tasty is how I would say. Mm. Mayonnaise and ale is actually terrifically hard to make. Yeah. As mm. well, because um it's all got to do with not how you add the ingredients, but the rate that you add the ingredients. Oh, really? And then when it comes out the end, it's so thick, you can't even stir it <laughs> unless you have proper equipment and stuff like that. It's, it's my, very my hard favorite, to make. My favorite mayonnaise is still the uh, the QP mayonnaise, the Japanese. Oh, that's a lot. That's fantastic. It's basically I don't. If it's not QP, I'm not having it. Basically, at this point, I'm happy with <laughs> this. <laughs> the the QP mayonnaise is is a niche mayonnaise. Some people leave on niche as if. Yeah. Some people, really? I know, I know many people that absolutely hate the chippy Really? And I know some people that think it's the bee's knees, it's the best. I, I think it's the duck. So just, just for next Christmas, everyone, Cupy mayonnaise, a dollop of wasabi, and you get your prawns going. Incredible. Just, I just want to say that. I mean, you've got a nice white wine to pair it with, Baz. For, 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 for the more balls you pair it just mix a bit of sriracha in with that. With that QP, it works brilliantly. Mm. Okay. That's the rest of us. Because the QP is just normal uh, a, um, um, mayonnaise. With, instead of using normal vinegar, they use apple cider vinegar mm -hmm. and a, chuck, a, a tinch of MSG in. That's what gives it that beautiful taste. MSG is actually, it, it's actually a, a, wonder, a wonder ingredient. Mm. Well, the Chinese love the MSG. Mm. They you, do. Have, you ever been around little kids and they sweat? You ever get around little kids when they sweat? Yeah, just, it's it's like you know on the trains and stuff. Um, when like, I was a kid, I you was. know, just like you know, like in the summertime, <laughs> you like just you know, they're just walking past, and you're just like, Woo MSG, boom. Are they Asian? Yeah, yeah, it's little kids. Like, I need, I need to go to the bathroom like, as well. Heaps exactly of like little cookies and stuff and little chips and that. Just MSG, <laughs> like, Asian kids sweat of MSG. I'm I'm just as a question, you know. Is that something you've heard, or that's, it's like, that's it's just personal personal observation? Yeah. So there's nothing really scientific about it. Nothing. Personal it's observation. It's just prejudice against Asian kids. That's fair enough. It's an observation. It's an observation. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, we can't say you haven't been to China. You know. No. Well, I'm keen to go back. I'm keen to go back. I'm keen to go back. Should we? Uh, should we do a little language exchange together for? We a, can do a little. Um, yeah, a carnage house. 
and um, your your uh, Paradise winery Paradise. takes on Paradise Wine Show, Paradise House Paradise Wine Show crossover collab. <laughs> yeah, it'd be incredible. Yeah. Um, I was wondering a bit of a bit of shout out to myself. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But I was wondering, did you did you see the uh, recent uh, video I posted about the uh, the rap song? I did see the but I did see one of I did see I did see a bit of context. Um, Baz has launched his own rosé, which I don't know where it is. Yeah, so uh, I, that, that was kind of semi, almost semi the point of this whole thing was that we were going to try your rosé. Yeah, and you yeah, it. it was a very good idea that I didn't bring. I was um, <laughs> caught up with you're yeah. the most typical bad move ever. I, I was, doesn't bring the thing. I was this caught up with uh, going to the Blue Mountains and checking out your bird house. checking out my my bird family. Home. Yeah. So uh, that was that's what I was doing. Yeah, I I know, I, unfortunately, that. I don't even But it, 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 uh, <clears throat> to, to be truthful, it's still in the um, the uh, very early stages. I've got a, uh, a wine company we've just launched called Doom Juice, and we've done a couple of couple <clears throat> of events, couple of you know little festivals, and we were just buying wine off a winery and slapping taking their label off and slapping ours on. Um, we're just buying it case by case. But is that legal? It is legal because we're doing it through the legal channels all through the wine wholesaler. It was literally the same product. Um, we'd say on the invoice, the only thing that was different was the label front. It had all the same specs and everything on the back. Um, <clears throat> uh, but look, that's going, that's going really deep into what we're doing. But yeah, we've got a, a rosé company. Um, but no, mm. what I'm about to do is though is invest a whole lot of money into buying a whole a vintage. So that means like, you've dropped yeah. like 10 plus grand, maybe 20 into uh into into uh into a vintage the problem i'm having right now though is um we've just gone through one of the worst droughts ever in australian history and no one has any wine because there's no water yeah there's no grapes yeah. no water to make the wine. yeah guys the 2020 crop is just gonna be really sugary and like it's gonna be bad vintage uh, real, it's real, be, real uh, above uh, the <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna be like high i mean i don't even know it's like very strong flavoured and there's not going to be much of it and it's just going to be it's going to be average it's going to be very average how you doing. so, so the, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm even thinking like, like of getting this rosé from from, southern, from northern Italy and just getting them to label it there having a meeting in a couple of weeks with a guy Matteo from Mezza Corona which is the largest Pinot Grigio grower in the world sustainable Pinot Grigio grower which is cool um, but yeah Doom Juice sick that's awesome. And, and pretty much what we did, so I've got this. That's so, really cool. Oh, thank you. And um, what, well, we made a sort of a pro, like a rap video called One on a Boat. Yeah. And it was, the whole idea was just to have a bit of fun, have a laugh, and to show people drinking Doom Juice look, and enjoying it. Look, I, I'll be honest. There's a lot of a lot of people who will, who will bag on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and I'm not one of them. I'm a massive fan. I want people to be as weird as possible and do yeah. and do their own funky stuff. Like, I, I, I want to see more funky stuff, not less. And he said more, yeah. So, so like people, for, I had a couple of comments, for example, on our Carnage House merch drop video. Yeah. Um, a couple, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say derogatory comments, but kind of detractors along yeah. the lines of who was um, throwing a bit of shade, throwing a bit of shade. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, you know. <clears throat> To be honest, first thing I don't really care. Mm. Number one, for just straight off the bat, I'm, okay, I really just don't, like... I really just don't really care. Number <laughs> yeah. two, like the criticisms were kind of along the lines of, "Oh, well, it's just an excuse for you guys to kind of get your guns out." Um, you know, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, maybe." Mate, if you got them, show them, you know. Yeah, but not even that. I was like, I was like, well. You know, where's your merch line? You know, <laughs> you design singlets. You can you can market them however you want. It's not like we like the thing is. You don't have to buy them. Obviously, you should. But like, if we paid models, okay. if we paid models to do it, we would have got buff guys to do it. 
if you're marketing singlets, you basically have to get guys with muscles. That's mm. basically it's basically a rule of it. Yeah. Right? And we're not even bath. <laughs> and like we're like the lowest possible version of the guys we would have paid for. Like we wouldn't have even paid for ourselves yeah. <laughs> if we were marketing. So I was like I was like, you know what, you guys can go suck eggs as yeah. far as I'm concerned. You guys concerned. can go kick rocks. You guys right. can go you guys can go take yeah. a nice long walk off and, a short and, pier. And kick a rock. And go kick a rock. <laughs> Go kick a rock. I love that saying. Who is your lonely person just kick a rock? Kick a rock, man. Go, 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 go play in the traffic. Go play yeah. in the traffic for a bit, yeah? Sit in the rain, mate. Well, I'm like, you know what? Have a pee in the metal. You know, but, but, you know the, the, the thing is, like, I, I assume you didn't drop a whole bunch of money on it. it was oh, like, on the video? On the video. Oh, would have been alright. You know, to pay the boat guy in booze. Yeah, but you have for the actual production. No, the actual production. Under a K, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like yeah. we're not we're not professional video producers. No, and it's like you did something cool. Like the thing is, ever you know, all you've got to look back on in 20, 30 years is the work that you've done. Really, the exactly. tangible stuff. It's like yeah. you've got a cool rap video that yeah. we made. We made a stupid merch video. <laughs> it's like what has everyone else got? Sweet FA, you've got yeah. your sources. You've got all these happy I, customers. I work for you someone else. Stories. You know, like, you know, yeah, shit, good on your champion. But like. it's like uh, you know, if they want to work, like I'm totally, I'm totally relaxed about it. But it's also just like I just don't, like I just don't care. And good, you, know? you should. You don't need, you just don't need to need back yourself. You know, you don't like something like what, 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 what value does it bring to just, you know, be negative about it? it doesn't bring any value to you. So why do? It? Yeah, it doesn't bring value. Yeah. What, like how can you? you know? Like there's a, there's a point at which you say you know I heard something that someone said that you know nine you know basically ninety five percent of criticism is just free advice. And I was like, yeah, that's true, but there's also the kind of five percent which is just just ridiculous, mm. just ridiculous, just way out. I don't line. think that ninety five percent of cr- criticism is free advice. I think ninety five percent of the criticism criticism from people that you care about is free advice, but from the, the your average person, it's all the just, internet, yeah. Or from people that you don't know on the internet. To me, they're not even people. They're just like just numbers on the just screen. Just numbers. I, yeah, I, I really feel when people like they say negative things to you. I, I feel like I feel there's this little theory that they're directly saying things about themselves. Like yeah. you're a loser. You suck. Like that's what they think about themselves. You know, you, your shit, your product shit. Like that's that's what they're. I mean, I, I, that's, I, mean, that's, I, I, that's I, what I generally think. If someone, if someone says something negative, that's what they're mm. thinking. I don't agree with that. I mean, maybe you are a loser. Maybe you maybe you do suck. But <laughs> maybe you need to hear it. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but I mean, who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah honestly, no, no, I'm with maybe, you. maybe 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 you are. Maybe you suck dick. Who gives a shit? Like honestly, do you think? Make you say, yeah, do you think? Whatever. Run, <laughs> no, I'm with you. Run I'm your course. You. Run your course. Run your course. Run your course. Run your own race. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. Is before we wrap up, um, is there? We'd like to do a, you know a, a section. Is there anything you want? If you can rant about something in sixty seconds or less, so a you rant. get a rant. Yeah, so I think people often feel like they get some, they got stuff pent up, you know, and, and they too want, many uh, rants, too, too many, and they want to get it off their chest. So if you've got sixty seconds or less, have a rant. Baz, I know you, you probably got a Christmas stocking worth of rants. Alright, Kurt, you can go first, mate. Like me, a rant? Um, just a general rant about what I observe or what? Yeah, yeah uh, if you got something pent- If you don't have anything, that's absolutely sweet as well. Yeah, my first rant is stop complaining. Everyone! Everyone on Facebook. Just stop complaining. No, no, you don't need to complain. Yeah, just no reason to be complaining. Fuck off with your complaints. I don't mm. need it. No one yeah. needs it. Your mum doesn't even care about it. Oh. Stop it. I said, That's you know what, my job, you know, I don't know if you guys listen to the rap anymore. To be honest, I I, I don't blame you if you don't. But my jumping to conclusion the other week was um, 
People who complain about the service in drive-throughs are both low in character and IQ. That's what I said. Yeah, I thought, and I thought because people just need to stop complaining. You it's get what you get when you when you turn up at Macca's drive-through. You know what you're in for. You're it's a lottery. You got a fashion in your old If you go to McDonald's and you and 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 you firstly cross if you go to McDonald's. Well, listen, I love Mackey D's. They're they're a glorious place. But if you go to McDonald's and you don't like then just think about it. Just say, hey, what, uh, what's my name? Tristan. Tristan, I don't really like that McDonald's. So just don't go there again. Yeah. Why are you going to complain, complain about it? Mm. You can complain to waste your energy. Stop complaining. To me, it's so, so much apathy. Yeah. <sighs> I find that the people uh, at the places where you shouldn't complain end up with the most complaints. Mm. Like if you're paying 10 bucks for a meal at a fast food joint, it's like it's not going to be gourmet. Your burger could be in six different places at the one time. You know, on the same tray. 100%. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. You agree with me on that? I'm with you on stop I agree with you. We're, too, we're oh. too, too blessed to be oh, stressed. Back, mate. Oh, oh yeah. Too, you know, life's short. Life's too short to stress out yeah. and do your own laundry. Don't mm. do it. Okay. Buzz, anything? Uh, this might be slightly niche for more of an industry thing. Uh, but it, it harks back to uh, the whole gluten-free thing. People like the trends I like and that. You know, I, I went for a wine wholesale which doesn't sell much natural wine. But everyone's like, oh, do you have a natural wine, bro? I'm like, do you have a natty? And this is like, <laughs> you know, like, was your wine harvested with the voodoo dolls? You know, like, you know, in the sky, was, was the moon at a 45 degree angle when mm. it was harvested, you know, by like Mayan monks, you know, you know, and they worshipped it and they, you know, like, all these people are doing that and. I feel like natural wine is a trend, and but mostly my thing is, I feel like people don't like to drink wine that their parents drunk, but they sort of cool on. I think, no, the reason why they like to drink natural wine is because their parents don't know about it, and if they if someone can tell them something new and cool, but oh, this is a new cool trendy thing, and only you know about it, not anyone else. Like, oh yeah, I'll get around that. Yeah, fifty dollars a bottle. Yeah, I'll get around that. Mm. Eighty bucks. You're like, sick. You know, uh, yeah, living up soul. And I'm just saying, all I want to say is. There's lots of really good wine out there that is made by boutique Australian and international producers out there, which is not natural, but doesn't have a whole lot of you know sulfites in it. It's just really good quality stuff, and it's not going to break the balance, and it's just good. That's all I'm just like. That, that's all I'm going to say. Just that's be my, more easygoing. Yeah, you know what? Whoever you are, you're not that special. <laughs> that's good rule. Of Look, fun. good rule of thumb. You shouldn't be over the top, but also you can be. But just like don't don't believe the hype. Just Back yourself to try things, you know. Mm. If you like it, you like it. Make don't, your own decisions. Don't don't be welled up by labels and names. Just like, do you like it? Is it fit your budget? Get around it then. For sure. For sure. That's all pretty right. much it. That's all I want to say. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good. I think those are both kind of good um, pieces of uh, practical advice mm. um, and words to live by. You know, there's something in that for everyone. Is mm. what I like to say. Um, now, Baz, where is the best place to find you slash buy your product slash make you some money? Okay, so um, Instagram, YouTube, and Weibo, that's, that's me for the social medias. Um, Paradise Wine Show for all of them. Paradise Wine Show, Paradise Wine Show. Um, if you want to buy any of the wines that I've, you know, I sell this one um, and heaps of others. That's actually nice, that one. Yeah. Thank oh, you very much. Oh, Thank oh. you. I, I enjoyed that very well. The wine wholesaler is called Single Vineyard Cellars. You just go to the shop there. You go through all the wines, or you can give me a call if you like. I'm gonna give out my number. And how much? How much? Don't do that. Uh, no, no. So this sells in a bottle shop for about 
25, 30 bucks. Okay. I don't know who it is. Um, but you could get it for 18 maybe if you get in the case. Or 20, 18, <laughs> 21. I'll actually say this is one of the nicest red wines I reckon I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's actually one of the really, really, really nice ones. Not super heavy. Not super heavy, which yeah, I like. 14. It's cr- Merlot. It's cruisy. It's, yeah, easy, it's, it's an easy drinker. It's taste mm. for some reds. You don't get that oh, one. I appreciate Cab Merlot. This is what I wanted for the sauces. This is the exact type of wine that mm. I was talking about. Mm. Mate, Have a look at that. Mangi, yeah. I'll get to your dog mail. Dog to you. Yeah, but you go single vineyard cellars, and yeah. then, you, you, then you get it whatever you like, and you write Seb 10 in. Or you can call me if you want to buy a huge amount of wine, and then we can talk and cut you a better deal. So it's <laughs> Should I send my number? Hey, if you want yeah, to I'll send it. I want, I want to see who, which weirdo calls me. You know, let's get weird. I'm not saying that you're weird, but I mean, you know. Go on, go let's on, let's go get. On. What's your I'll number? Pick up the phone. Go zero four eight seven double eight seven one one six. Okay, cool, awesome. Kurt, now I don't know what uh, your situation is. Is mm-hmm. there any? Is there anything you want? So to I'm getting on? a. I'm getting a, a website built at the moment. Um, we're, we're quite a back end. Uh, it, back of house place so we don't really have met much met much marketing in, in terms of that yeah but i mean i've got a website coming up uh the company name is origin earth source company um is that the name of your actual company yeah the, yeah. Co- the name of my company is origin earth source company so um source s-a-u-c-e s-a-u-c yeah s-a-u-c source code origin earth source code yeah Cool. As in not the other source. It, it's not S O. Not as in like. source code. It's as in like source. S A. I'm sure you guys will Tasty sort it out. Do you ever like when it's you meet people? I don't mean sorry. We do the plug. But send it. Do you ever like get like I'm in source, bro? Oh, do don't even talk about. And that's like that's like oh yeah. What's source, bro? Like, source. Please, like, please can, can I get? I mean, hot sauce. No, no, no. Can I? Aioli, pay Perry. Can I? Can I get a few tons of this ingredient? And they'll be like, oh, uh, what, what's your company name? I'll be like, oh, original, original source code. And I say, what? What do you guys make? Sauce. Wait, wait what, what? What sauce? I'm like sauce. That's on your steak. There's a sauce, and they, and we had one customer actually <laughs> that that thought when you were a power supplier, like Origin Energy. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 no. We with um, what was the uh, Red Energy? They're like, no, no, no. We with Red Energy, not Origin. And I'm like, listen, woman. <laughs> The sauce that goes in your steak, we make that. We don't supply you electricity. We owe you money. Yeah. We're not trying to get money from you. Take it. <laughs> I don't want our invoice to go over to you, please. <laughs> no, but the best way to find us would be um, probably my personal number, Ooh. which I'm not willing to give out at this moment. But Perfect. Okay, but if you're serious about getting sauce, if you're serious about getting sauce, you're you serious can contact, about getting- contact Carnage House and we can put you through. Yes. Or... We can find some other way to do it. But of course, and in, and, 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 and in the near future, there will be a website. So yeah. if, if you're patient and you are serious about getting sauce, Perfect. just wait a few weeks and we'll awesome. be up and running. Perfect. Well, that's great to hear. Mm. And good to see two young entrepreneurs actually having an actual crack at it. A lot of people sit on their bum and complain, but mm. these guys are actually having a crack. And I, we want to, here on Carnage House, we want to support as many people as we can who are actually having a crack. Mm. And you know what? Um, vote of confidence to this guy as well. He's having yeah. a solid crack. Yeah, no, actually, with uh, really with job. this whole setup here, he's done spectacularly well. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'd love to give credit to him. Uh, we've uh, well, it depends. So like, we've done probably at least fifteen to twenty interviews, and mm. as well as kind of, I think we're at thirty something wraps. So we've done at least fifty. 50 full production and a couple of vlogs. As Seriously, well. you got great. That's potential. a good master. Yeah. Great potential. 50, so we can raise the bat. Are you quick... thinking about getting Vince on here? 
I'd love to get Vince on here, but you know what Vince is like. To get I don't on. know what he's uh, like. I don't spend too much time with him. Mate, is, that guy is like a—it's that, that, like holding water in your hand. He's like—he's a slippery guy. He's a slippery guy. He's got his fingers in a few pies. Okay, all right. Well, to keep you updated, we'll drop all those links in the. If you guys do this, it's be great. Drop that down. We'll drop it in the link below, um, and um, we'll catch you guys soon for another Carnage House production. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us. Um, I'll see you next time.